This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. All right. Welcome to the alternate war room today, everybody. Um, We're not in the typical war room today. We had some uh, issues with sound, so we moved to the alternate war room today. And I'm excited to have Terry on today. Welcome to the show, my friend. It's a pleasure to join you. I've heard a lot about your show, and uh, I'm anxious to let's, let's get into it. Yeah, we're going to dive into it, man, for sure. Well, well, hey, Terry, I always tell people I, I do a horrible job of introducing people. So if you could just give the audience, you know, a 30 second uh, about who you are and what your superpower is. Very good. I'm I'm happy to do that. Uh, I am uh, Terry Lyons and I uh, co-founded a company named Pivot TV Media with the OTT standing out on that for over the top. Um, Together with my business partner, Ken Adelson, we've been um, really mostly consulting with companies to help them better their broadcasts and also save some money. Um, Before that, I was working on my own Terry Lyons uh, sports marketing, which I still take on a few, um, you know, clients and, and usually events. Uh, and then prior to that, what I'm mostly known for in the world of sports is spending 25 plus years at the NBA league office where I started right out of college and worked until the 2008 Summer Olympics when the team went off to Beijing. And I worked uh, first as an intern and then as director of media relations and then uh, overseeing most of what we did outside the United States as international, the head of international communications where we had started up um, many regional offices around the world, and uh, I also worked hand-in-hand with the USA Basketball, where we started with the 92 Dream Team. But uh, superpower, you know, I would say that my best gift is to connect people and to help entrepreneurs and startups navigate the world of sports, no matter what sport it is. Um, and also, obviously, with broadcasting as well to help save some money and to do it right. Also, you know, to not cut corners where sometimes people come in and, and really try to save too much money. And then their um, their brand is sort of labeled as uh, that's second rate. So if I can um, wave a superpower, it's to help people navigate sports and, and do a great broadcast. Nice, nice. Very cool. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because being in the sports world, I don't know if you know who Lee Steinberg is or not. I would imagine. Sure, that. I do. So, yes. uh, you know, I sit on his board and it's it's interesting. The Sometimes who you connect with, you don't even know who you're connecting with. Right. So it's 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 funny how and I own the 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 magazine called Pivot. I'm the president of Pivot magazine. So uh-huh. Is that not fitted? Is that just not like some irony going on there? 
I'll have to send you our uh, our logo and you can slip it in there somewhere. Yeah, and there you I'm go. Not, I'm not sure we're in a position right now to do any great advertising campaign, but uh, maybe someday. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, well, interesting background, no doubt. And, you know, I, I'm curious, did, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Was that, did you grow up in that world? You know, I, I can't say I did. It was uh, my father worked for Pan American World Airways. And that was, uh, I guess when he started, it was a startup, believe it or not, coming right out of World War II. Um, but for the most part, you know, my mom worked for Citibank and had the nine to five kind of job. Um, sure. The interesting thing on the entrepreneur side was upon joining the NBA in 1980, 81 season, there wasn't a lot in place. And uh, we had a very entrepreneurial spirit throughout the NBA. And that included, you know, starting up NBA properties as a business. I personally started up NBA photos. You know, we did uh, inside stuff. It was the first ever league produced television show on NBC as a part of our package when we switched to NBC sports and so on and so on. The WNBA was, a, you know, I didn't know it at the time. I never stopped and thought about it, but USA basketball with the dream team was sort of a, you know, restart of, uh, of the whole national team program and, and so on and so on. So uh, my boss, David Stern had a very entrepreneurial outlook and, you know, would look around why don't we have this? Why don't we have this? Well, let's do this, you know, and of course the budget was zero and, um, and somehow or another, we got it done. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's a lot going on in a real small amount of time. I I'd imagine like going through that whole, uh, kind of phase in your life, man, you must've learned some pretty amazing, not just amazing stories, met amazing people and had some really amazing lessons that you learned within Within all of the above definitely yeah. definitely and, um, at the time we were doing it i think we were just getting it done you know getting through the day trying not to make any mistakes you know something like the nba's first draft lottery you know nobody had ever done it before no sport had ever done it before and there we were in the waldorf astoria spinning ball you know logos around in a big old drum and none of us knew what the hell was going to happen and and um you just tried not to screw it up and learn by your mistakes. And, you know, we had very good uh, post-event meetings where it was like, okay, what are we going to do better next time? And one thing would always lead to another. It was, it was a great atmosphere. And, um, you know, along the lines, I, like one piece of advice, which we certainly experienced is nobody ever pointed a finger at the other guy. It was all of us together, whatever decision was made, you know, even if you oppose the, you know, you were allowed to oppose decisions and in, in the working meetings, but once a decision came down, everybody got behind it. And I think that was the power of that era of the NBA, which was an amazing period of time, um, really from 1984, when David Stern became commissioner onward. And then uh, sort of another benchmark was about 1987, 88, where we held the first international tournament first here in the States, but then secondly, taking the Boston Celtics to Madrid. And that was an incredible journey. So, you know, again, on the job training, which we all enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, uh, you hear all this stuff nowadays about 
oh, you know, leadership is lacking. It's been lacking for years. And, and it's interesting that, you know, okay, well, we just did a flashback to, uh, to kind of prove that wrong. Right. It's like, <laughs> well, mean, the NBA at that period of time was, there was one leader. Let me tell you that. And his yeah, name was true. David. Turner. Everybody else fell in. There were two titles, commissioner and worker. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but at least you were given the opportunity to say your piece. Right. I mean, Oh yeah. And if you didn't, you were out the door, you know, that was the other thing. It was speak now. And, you know, there was a collaborative effort and uh, you know, what do they call matrix management where you knew a decision you made was going to affect someone else and God forbid it actually affected the game itself. You know, we were very careful with that and everything sort of revolved around that, that game of basketball. Right. 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 Yeah, it's it's funny because like my neighbor Don, he uh, worked over in Oracle for years, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's been retired for 25, 30 years already. But but it's funny because he's got this little plaque on his desk, and it says, "You're entitled to your wrong opinion." <laughs> <laughs> right? But who but it's funny. I can't think of the I can't think of the name Larry something right headed up Oracle if I remember. Larry Ellison, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah I knew yeah. someone who worked for. Him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I mean, amazing. And how did I mean? How did all that kind of lead you where you are today? Was that all pinnacle to kind of bringing you where you are today? It it was a constant treadmill, and um, largely led by our our events, which you know dotted the calendar. Um, and I'd say it all while that was going on. It was an incredible entrepreneurial spirit. And there was also a lot of, uh, you know, I started, there were about 30 people in the office, not a computer in sight, broken ribbons on the typewriters. You know, it was, it was archaic. Even for a kid coming out of college, I was like, whoa, what's going on? And I brought my own typewriter. And, um, you know, the technology was changing so drastically and so quickly that that led to, a huge advantage for the sport of basketball and obviously the NBA at the pinnacle of, of basketball worldwide, we were able to really take advantage of every single thing that came along. And at first it was David Stern's knowledge and gut navigation of the world of cable TV. You know, now I know my kids grow up, they don't know cable from regular or anything. They don't care. It's just on the TV or, you know, you tape it most of the time. You don't have to watch commercials unless it's live sports. So, um, you know, and and it grew from there. Obviously, satellite delivery changed everything. We used to have to give people tapes and fly them across the ocean to get the games on. Um, And, of course, that changed in an instant. And as we went along, you know, the players adapted to that, too, and took advantage of it. And there was nothing stronger than the group of NBA players because they were always game to do whatever we were asking them to do. And, you know, sometimes it was a, hey, do this and trust me. And other times the the players would push back a little bit, but always took time to explain it to them, what was going on. There was a reason that we had to go fly to Japan and play regular season games. And the players were always intrigued by it, too you know to a man everybody um sometimes the teams were tougher to convince than the players but um you know that spirit really resonated throughout the whole time and then the key to it all was really the amount of talent that came into the league non-stop you know people put the 
big names at the top with Magic and Larry and then Michael Jordan and so on and so forth. But along came Yao Ming out of China. You know, we w- tell you what, in 1984, I wouldn't have guessed we'd have a seven foot five number one draft pick. Yeah. Uh, and of course, that lit the fuse for all of our efforts in China that had started in the late 70s, believe it or not. You know, and it took such a long time. Uh, we had a couple of players that were pretty good, but nobody to the extent of a Yao Ming. And that happened regularly. You know, next thing you know, we had Dirk Nowitzki. If you look at the NBA MVP list, you know, Akeem Olajuwon, last year's the Joker out of Denver. And and the players just came from Tony Parker out of France, you know, three-time champion. Manu Ginobili on San Antonio from Argentina three-time, you know, five-time champion, I think it is. Tim Duncan that led that team was from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. So, um, no, it was just a regular flow of talent. And even though a lot of people thought we were in it to sell some T-shirts and hats, the truth of the matter was it was player development. And um, an effort that we did that was a startup in 2001 was Basketball Without Borders. Uh, took the former Yugoslavian provinces, you know, brought them all to Treviso, Italy, and had the kids choose up sides while their parents were standing there in horror that, you know, a Croatian kid would be playing with a Serbian kid. And, oh, guess what? They're going to dorm, you know, the, we're choosing up rooms too. And and the kids didn't care. You know, they just wanted to play basketball. And um, it was a great spirit all that time uh, with virtually everything we did. Yeah, man. I mean, what a business education to go through. Holy crap. Right. I mean, to get that kind to be able to get that kind of business education, right, man, that's, that's some service. That's like future service that you could never ask for something better. I mean, that, I mean, it just yeah. happened to been amazing to go through all that. You know, it's it's absolutely true. And I, I spoke last week at Columbia University and the uh, the kids were in a sports management program asking a lot of questions about business and all. And I, I joked that I had my Ph.D. from Stern University and um, and they were delving into questions that, you know, if I were in, in high school or college, I never would have dreamt of, you know, real deep questions about what the MBA's. Uh, road to China went like, or what happened behind the scenes at USA basketball to be able to get the dream team together. Um, yeah. A lot of the, half the class was about crisis management too. And so, you know, we had our taste of that and the one that right through the class, I can just reiterate what was said at the class that the number one uh, that they thought, and they asked us to to delve into was Irvin Magic Johnson stepping up to a podium and 1991 and announcing that he had the HIV virus and would have to retire from the NBA. Uh, yeah. That was at a time that none of us knew what that meant. Well, you know, I think every single person that heard it that day thought that Irvin would be passing away quickly. And mm-hmm. here he is today talking about an entrepreneur, that guy, you know, he's yeah. into everything and has set a role for not just for HIV, but for, you know, black entrepreneurs for, NBA players that can get into anything, you know, you name it. We all fall in line behind Irvin. And and he set an incredible example. And what I love about him is he's stayed the same. He's still the same guy, you know, even though he's, you know, a billionaire over. Um, he's the same guy and he's just as competitive as he was. And he loves to talk about the games. And 
have some fun as he as he goes on and starts buying franchises now. And the last <laughs> one being the Washington, the Washington Commanders are now under his uh, you know umbrella of business activities, as are the L.A. Dodgers. So yeah, right, um, right, right. Yeah, there was just all that kind of stuff going on, and I would say Irvin's announcement. You know, we had other crises, which were sort of run in the middle. Of course, you're going to have crisis with young young players making mistakes. But um, that was worldwide. And instead of it just being on the sports page, it was on the front page of every paper and the lead to every newscast in the world because he was so famous. And then, of course, we brought him to Barcelona for the dream team. And he was the leader that, uh, and Larry Bird were the captains and very much leading the team. And and that was just great to see because it proved you could play, you know. And yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, hey, I'm curious, like uh, you know, through all those things and your life and business and all those things, you know, I mean, if you didn't catch some lessons through that, you just weren't paying attention. So, um, but for our hard headed, our hard headed audience, if if you could give a couple of what would be your go-to pieces of advice for a young entrepreneur to, you know, to follow? You know, I, I say this at every class that I speak at, no matter if it's high school level or college, that your reputation and then your relationships are the key to anything, I believe. Um, to entrepreneurs, to current businessmen, if the person across the table can't trust you, and you haven't been recommended by one of your networking friends, you probably wouldn't be sitting at the table anyway. But, um, you know, that carries just a lot of weight. And then, you know, right in, involved in that is to help people out, you know, to help others navigate and be able to, you know, if someone asks you a question, they want some help in a specific area. I think that sometimes the best answer is, well, I don't have that expertise, but I I know somebody that can help you and then passing that recommendation along and not expecting a thing out of it, I think is another key thing in that area. Um, The the favor might come back someday. The networking will come back because you know, the guy you recommended is going to knock it out of the park for the guy, you know, whoever the business is. And I I would say that's the, the two key things. Um, When I speak with kids, I often say, their computer skills have to be at the top of any level, you know, that mm-hmm. that is something that the the younger generation has just grown up with. My kids could type when they were like four, you know, it was great and, and so on and learned every single thing uh, inside out. And then language skills, I think, are another real key thing. If you want to do business in the in the global world we're in now. It's very helpful. Like English obviously carries carries it, but to have dual language and as I work a lot in the sport of, of baseball here in Boston with the Red Sox, you know, the dual language speakers of Spanish and English really have an advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, that is all three very uh, important pieces of advice that – um, nobody's ever given before in 600. Really? Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, so there's that's... something to be said about that learning point of, you know, kind of going back a little bit old school, right? And very much. I, I think I was told that when I was starting in 1980. Yeah. So 
but it it, it resonates you know the the ability yeah. to um you know make a recommendation and then come through for someone really is what it comes down to that that builds your reputation as hey he's a good guy you know what he says whatever he says he's going to do he's going to do is i think you know the the subtle thing underneath it and and then also you know to admit hey i don't know enough about that to take that project on but i can help you get someone um that goes a long way and sometimes you can work you know and a lot of the television things over the last four five six years yeah i you know, I had worked at CBS Sports when I was uh, first at the NBA, sort of moonlighting on the weekends. And I learned a lot about broadcasting and what it takes to put on a live television show. But uh, my business partner in the last three years and attending uh, conferences that I never would have attended and, you know, listening to this speakers uh, talk about their expertise, I've learned so much. And, you know, that's post 26 years at the NBA. So, uh, yeah, you know, every day, every day you can definitely learn something. Yeah, no doubt about that for sure. Well, well, hey, brother, how do you want people to reach out to you, um, and and potentially work with you in what you do today? Yeah, I would say you know I lean heavily in the in the sports industry, but we also help out in the entertainment industry as well. We're happy to see the the strikes over and people getting back to work. Um, but they can reach me through, uh, pivot TV media dot media online. And also through terrylyons.com, which is my own little personal website. The thing I have the most fun with is digital sportsdesk.com, which mm. is a largely Boston focused sports news site. And I've had a lot of fun with that. And, um, and I do that one to make sure I could do it to build a website and to keep it up and learn WordPress and the various uh, square spaces, another one that I've built upon, but, um, you know, trying to stay ahead a little bit of that tech, not that it's any grand, uh, you know, I'm not creating anything new or, you know, um, something that, uh, Microsoft would want to buy, you know, not, it's not, I'm not going down that road, but, I think to challenge yourself and, um, you know, it it's access as well. You know, I can cover different things in the sports world as a legit sports business writer. Um, mm -hmm. So digitalsportsdesk.com is a lot of fun. But um, all of that encircles into terrylions.com. Yeah, yeah, great, awesome. Man, well, you're like me, brother. You got your fingers in about 10 different things all the time. And, uh, hey, that's doing business, man. That's doing great business to constantly be head on the swivel and uh, in those opportunities all the time and, and capitalizing on them and so on and so forth. So it's great. One to of the funny. Go ahead. One of the funny things that came out of just that is that the early this summer, with about three weeks lead time to their first event, I got a call from an old NBA connection who was um, the president of basketball uh, of slam ball, excuse me, slam. He was the president of business for slam ball. And with three weeks notice, we were on the air on ESPN with co-executive co producer roles and putting the whole broadcast together um, times some 60 hours. That's, that's up on uh, ESPN plus now archived forever. So. 
Wow. Those kind of things come out of nowhere and you got to be able to pivot and jump on them. Pivot. <laughs> word. Yeah, I love it. I love the connection there. <laughs> the word pivot for sure. Well, awesome. Well, hey, kind of closing things up here. I always like to ask this question and, and that is because uh, it gets us a little deeper in your brain, right? And that is if you could have invited anybody here today, any point in time, dead or alive, doesn't matter. Who would have you loved to have here with us today? Yeah, it would definitely be my dad. Um, mm. Yeah. He passed, uh, passed away when I was in college. So, mm. yeah, man, it's, uh, that would be, that would be a lot of fun, you know, it, um, cause he didn't get to see some of the stuff that I got into and used to take me to the game. So that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey brother, my heart's out to you for that, for sure. And, uh, you know, that's, those things are always tough to go through in life for sure. And, uh, yeah, you know, but it's a, it's a happy memory. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We keep driving on for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's the key. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, Will Chamberlain play another game? <laughs> I don't know how he'd like doing a podcast, but you yeah. know some of those type, or uh, you know some of the music greats, or you know I'm sure people go into religion and their, you know, various thoughts. And but yeah, right, right. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it simple and keep it within the family. There you go, man. Well, hey, brother, I got to tell you, awesome conversation. There was a lot to pull and learn from that. The audience should, there's plenty of nuggets in there to pull from your experience. And, you know, I always like to say, we all have the same 168 hours. Thanks for stopping by for 35 here and uh, <laughs> pouring your wisdom onto our audience. And uh, for me to you, I feel blessed to have been able to have this this conversation I've enjoyed time. thank you very much i i appreciate being a guest and um and it was fun to chat i love the conversational aspect instead of just getting grilled you know, <laughs> yeah, right. right all right brother yeah very good take care now all right cheers Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.